0: came on here I was like yes I. but anyways yeah that's who I am I just love people I love talking I love engaging and I love conversing with people because conversations can never end and we need to I mean like teach each other everything like I told Peter I was like dog I don't know much about tech but let's do this anyway because I want to learn so um without wasting any further time can we introduce each other to ourselves and In whatever manner you want to introduce yourself as um, you can go ahead, just like a brief introduction so that we know who you're working with. And I would love for our conversation to be a conversation and not an interview. Please don't wait for me to say, hey, Brian, please answer this. No, 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 no. Don't wait for me. If you feel like you can relate to what someone else is saying, please feel free to also add on to that. Feel free to also, if you want to disagree, or maybe it's a different experience that you have, Let's just flow with it and just have a conversation. So that's pretty much who I am. So we will start with, let's see, Brian. Hi, Brian. Please introduce yourself. How are you? Happy Saturday.
1: Thank you, Mbali. Happy Saturday to you too. Uh, My name is Brian. I work in Cape Town, so I'm working by TFG head office. I'm a front-end developer. As Peter mentioned earlier on about Unicorn, that's basically what I do. Work on the front-end and the back-end of systems. Uh, currently, i will say I'm working like a reporting system, just if you guys are interested, you have a TFG because we actually made an like, in-house learning system for our employees, so we actually like, get them to train on that and so on. Yeah, and yeah, that's me. Can we get TFG right. discounts? Sadly, no. It only goes to the employees. <laughs> okay, cool. Just, just inquiring. Cool.
0: All right. Thanks, Brian. What do you like doing on Saturday?
1: Uh, I'm a big gamer fan, so usually PlayStation. If it's not PlayStation, I'm usually with the pro, so we're just like watching movies and so on.
0: All right, sure thing. So you're going to be gaming afterwards?
1: No, I have to spend some quality time with the madam first. Then gaming probably later. (laughs) Otherwise it's going to be a bit of a chain wreck. So. (laughs) Okay. I feel I
0: feel Thanks, Brian. Senoloh. Hi. So good to see you here. (laughs) Um, oh, okay, so
2: a bit of myself. So I'm originally from my Gay, but I've been here for a while. And I work for a company in FOIS, and I'm a front-end developer. And I usually build with React, but I'm kind of having a liking interview now, which I had to learn in 24 hours uh, for a current project. I also design, um, but so we don't have like a specific product. We build products like in broad. Um, but yeah, so I basically am responsible for the design and the development of our projects.
0: All right, thank you so much. It's actually so good to see. Like I said, I love black like women so. Hi, <laughs> feels good. It feels good. It looks good too. Um, show. It says show here. So, hi, show.
3: Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm um, Shoniwa Maratanga. Show. I'm based in London. I work in habits I'm currently leading the engineering team. We're building a, a SaaS product to for companies to measure their carbon footprint and then offset the carbon footprint, as well as visualize you know the data that we have on them and uh, all sorts of good stuff.
0: So in London.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, current-
0: Join
3: us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm always interested in what's going on in, in uh, Southern Africa, you know, so. All
0: right. Thank you so much for joining us. And then we have Daniel. Hi, Daniel. How are you?
4: How's it, everybody? How's good? All's good? Um, unfortunately, to disappoint you guys, I'm in the typical place, Joburg. I uh, can <laughs> <with> Peter. I <laughs> can Peter. Um, uh, no more insurance. I... I previously was a software engineer, but ran away from that, like, I needed to have a bit of life, because now that I'm married with a kid, you need to have at least more time to spend with the family. So I converted into data engineering space, which sort of gives you a bit of uh, best of both worlds in the sense of becoming like a, a software engineer where you get to build, like, custom apps. And you also have to deal with, like, uh, ETL and work. So that seemed a bit cool. But now i'm sort of converting into uh what we call a solutions architect mainly uh towards cloud so that's that's what currently uh, I'm, I'm sort of starting towards and working towards in a sense of getting exposure into that area and yeah so that's that's basically who i am in a sense of occupation but free time uh i like spending time with friends going out um i like spending a lot of time in the valve even though people in Joburg don't like it don't take kind regards to the Val they say that we are a different breed and I, th- I think I agree, I agree with them.
0: That is not true. People from the Val are amazing. Most of my teammates are from the Val and they are the best people I've ever met in my life. They're the most amazing people ever. <laughs> so awesome,
4: awesomeness. I like to hear
3: that. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from Joburg but yeah, people from the Val are, are, really, are really, really, really fantastic and I'm so glad that um, you also prioritise your family life. It's really great to hear that. Um, so, by the way, uh, Zinle has apologised for being unable to join us. So, um, Or will send her apologies. So, we're still going to get to it. So, I'm going to be co-hosting with Peter because I told him that, yes, I love talking to people, but um, some things, they unicorns and stuff, and I'm just like, Oof. and I don't like not knowing things. So, Will be helping me through this but um step by step so i hope everyone is having a great saturday as it stands um when we start like i just want to know you know like what the tech space it's a bit i know times have changed in different parts of the world but um given this context of essay it's not very easy or it's not every day where you find um young people in tech who are really just passionate about it and know so much about it so it's really a great topic to touch on so I just wanted to know like um, briefly all of you with your journeys from actually da- to like deciding that you want to be in this space that is really like uh, a very complex space i mean it's it's really tough or this is how the world perceives it I don't know if that's how you guys perceive it but um, as it stands on a broad prospect that's how the the world views it it views it as a, as, a, as a challenging sector and i'm going to start with my black queen senolo so hi what's what how did you get you bad can you guys hear me yeah we can
2: um actually like it's been a while so i've basically been coding since i was like 13 if i didn't take it seriously so um, my dad was my biggest influence and I remember he got me a, um, a computer when I was 13 and he was against me getting dolls for birthdays. He would buy me like scientific toys. And when I got home from school, he would always encourage me to watch nagio So I wasn't watching Generations like everybody else. Like, he was like, you're not going to, he's like, you're going to watch Nat And yeah, so I think my passion for take slash science started from there, but I didn't do um science in high school and for most for most computer science degrees we do need science. So I did economics and I was like miserable. I was like I have no interest for this. Freelancing uh, websites where I had to get frustrated that I couldn't bring them to life. And I would have ideas and I would have like a a, a tech co-founder and they would always ghost me. And I was like, cool, in order for this to stop happening, let me just learn how to code. And that's where it started. So at first, it was just to bring my ideas to life, and I realized I actually do it for this. And then I started posting my progress online, um, and then that's how I got approached to get a job. Like it was not my intention to be full time, but yeah. So that's how I got approached to get a job, and it's like the rest is history, I guess.
0: All right, that's great. It's really, really great too. And it's so ironic how in life. <laughs> Okay, now it's become a norm. I, I can't believe that you said you started ecos. I didn't expect that because I'm just I hate it. But so so heartwarming to see to see a black woman in that space. And then I am going to ask show how his experience was. Like how did you come about where you at right now? Like were you intentionally planning like was it something that you knew, like, okay, fine, this is it, I'm doing this, or did you also find yourself within a state of fate or something?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's the second one. I actually ran from anything to do computers. computers. Uh, when I was young, uh, my mom bought like a computer when I arrived, arrived to the UK, and I used to spend all day and all night playing on that thing. And then it came to like going to uni, it's like, what are you going to do at uni? And I ran, and I was like, I'm going to study music. Because I didn't want to do anything to computers. Everyone's saying, computers are your thing. Study computer science. I was like, no. <laughs> um, so I studied music, and I still do a bit of music now. But once I left uni, um, you know, you just kind of naturally gravitate towards something. And just seemed like tech was something I naturally gravitate towards. Uh, so I had to kind of get back into the space. So I actually studied uh, at a coding academy in London, coding bootcamp called Makers Academy. And uh, from there, I I think they do like a, it's like a Ruby on Rails based thing, but then they got me into my first role at Honeycomb, and I've been going since then. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it. I don't know. I think I feel like the generational thing of like everybody now grows up computer, so you grow up, you know, learning how to code without knowing you're learning how to code. <laughs> All right, I feel you.
0: Just different with me. I'm very bad at anything that has to do with computers, but you sound very happy with what you're doing. And that's what matters. That's really what matters. And I hope that you're still passionate about music too. Oh, yeah. No,
3: (laughs) I still, I even have my equipment next to me actually. Now we're saying this.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. And then, Brian, what has been your fate? Did you always know what you wanted to do? Did you just land there? Or like, were you really like, I want to do this? And I want to be in tech.
1: I'll say the last two. So I wanted to be in tech and I always knew I actually wanted to do this. First time I was introduced to it was by my brother. So he came back from uni, he was busy doing like some programming and so on. So I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This actually looks quite interesting. So growing up, or well, when I was younger, basically I liked like breaking things and seeing how they work and so on. So coding was kind of like a natural norm. Like, oh okay, this is kind of like similar without me being destructive and straying something down. So why not do it? Went to varsity, started coding. While doing my studies there, I was also kind of like a tutor. So I was actually helping out people like guys, yeah, this is how we do stuff here and there. Then um, interestingly enough, when I was doing my honours at UCT, we actually had this other like uh, girl coding academy. So that was part of my community service what I had to do. So I actually enjoyed doing that a lot. So coding has always been something in my, uh, can I say, passion. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. And then there's Daniel. Daniel, what's your case?
4: <laughs> oh, well, to tell you the honest truth, on my, yeah? What'd
0: how did say? this happen to you? I'm saying, how oh, did this okay. happen to
4: you? <laughs> okay. Uh, um, for me, you know, it's, it's actually kind of weird. So what happened was straight out of high school, I was like, okay, I'm going to become anything that has to do with biology. I love biology so much in terms of science. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go study something. But the problem was, obviously, throughout the entire grade 12, my marks weren't so good. So I had to wait up until, like, my final marks for the year to come out. And then by the, by the time came where I had to apply, didn't find space. So I was like, okay, because I don't want to really take a gap year. I actually want to go to school and, you know, keep busy. And I was like, okay, cool. What's the the, the only option that I have? And I was like, okay, cool. So IT is open. Let me go uh, apply for IT. And literally, I think it chose me because I didn't really go running after it. And it just became a passion. You know? Once I started, I just couldn't stop. Um, It just became part of who I am. And I think the one thing that I like about IT is it gives you this, this pride of building something that um, you can be proud of, right? So I think that's what attracted me and made me stay in that field and not change after the first year. So I think I, it stuck stuck with me and I like it. And I'm growing and I'm... And I'm seeing so much potential. I'm seeing a lot of people actually converting from their actual, like what they studied in university coming into our area. And I'm like, means that I made a right choice in my first year.
0: You were one of those like you, Anza, (laughs) yes. Yeah, yeah.
4: So that's what I'm saying. It chose me. I I, I literally, it wasn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. Because I think I remember when I was thinking in high school, my, cousin's friends were studying IT and they were like it's very difficult people were dropping out I was like I definitely not gonna do that and then they oh. still
0: are they still are they still are
4: <laughs> so it's a well it's very funny that people are actually dropping out I'm like hmm I did not actually have it quite that bad throughout my entire uni up until honours so I'm kind of hmm maybe so that's what I'm saying probably chose me so that's why it was the best fit
0: all right, that's actually great to hear. And then like, I wanted to, to, to okay, P is going to ask a question too. But sure, like since you're doing music, right? And you're still in the tech space. Like, how are you balancing that? Like, do you feel, do you ever feel that there's an aspect where you could have done music instead of tech? Or um, just tech instead of music? Or are you happy with the space that you're at right now?
3: I completely love the space that I'm in right now. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a very similar thing. When you're doing music, it's also, I mean, a lot of music these days is programming as well. You kind of use the same skills. It's just for something else. And it's kind of like a creative outlet. I think a few people in here have said like, you know, when they're making when they're making software, it's kind of building, building idea to get something out of it. And I think it's the same thing with music, the same thing everywhere. And I think it's just kind of giving that energy to different things is quite interesting to do. You know, it's not always the same thing that comes out, but you kind of get to try loads of interesting things out.
5: Now, so. I have a quick question. Um, obviously you guys are all in the tech space. Uh, some of you guys are front end, back end, and you know, when I, when I first heard the terms back end, front end, sounds very malicious. Uh, but when when I, when I try to understand exactly what you guys do for a living, and versus what you guys studied. I want to understand is there a serious contrast between exactly what you guys did within the lecture rooms, within behind the screen, when you guys are doing the, the boot camps, versus what you guys do right now on a daily basis. Uh, Cause obviously I understand there's different types of code. Uh, there's obviously you have all these different forms of platforms that you guys use. I mean, wow. When I first got introduced to Microsoft virtual studio, I'm like, what the hell is this thing? This, typically I'm used to your, your, Premiere Pro, After Effects, Photoshop, uh, but you guys deal with these kind of programs. But what is what has been the transition between what you studied to what you do on a daily basis? Um, yeah, Daniel, you can probably, okay, let's start with Brian
1: and then probably you can go to Daniel. All right, so transition on my side, I'll just say like what I learned at school wasn't exactly what I've been doing. So it's actually been like way different. But what they gave me was just basically the fundamental skill set to just kind of like try and understand stuff and actually grasp concepts really quickly and then go with it. Because what we were doing before was we're working with C-sharp, so we're just doing like uh, Windows applications. Went to um, Honours, started doing like web applications and so on, totally different. I guess it's kind of similar because C-sharp is also done in the same thing as the web stuff anyway. But yeah, it was like totally different concept, or just like, oh, okay, cool, this is a bit different. But likely with the skill sets and the stuff that they actually like gave me during my undergrad years, it actually helped me like, to further myself in terms of also having that, can I say, desire to actually want to learn more. Because literally programming is that, you have to actually want to learn more and understand it. Otherwise, if you just go like, oh, this is taking forever, you're just going to like stop. Actually, it does get irritating, like really irritating, especially if your code's not running and you don't know what exactly is going on, which is where I learned my best friend is Stack Overflow. Like. I've, but most of you guys also say the same thing, like Stack Overflow is like the go-to place. If you have an issue, like, hmm, what did they say on Stack Overflow? Sweet. Kind of similar idea, but I'll modify it and run it. And basically that's how coding goes. Yeah, that's my viewpoint on it. Yeah, on
4: that note, like Stack Overflow is like actually like the Bible for uh, IT guys. <laughs> without Stack Overflow, I don't know what we'd become, eh? But <laughs> okay, so... Well, on my side, to tell you the honest truth, I mean, I think as, as Brian has mentioned, like in undergrad or in your studies in uni, they probably give you just the, the, the fundamentals, the basics of understanding on how to solve a program through programming, how to solve a problem through programming. So I think once you've grasped you've the, the basic understanding of that, you, can able, you are able to apply it into any program language, whether C Sharp, Java, Python. I think the, they, they just teach you how to use the fundamentals, like the patterns that you probably apply, like design patterns. But for me, um, like I have said, I when I started off working, I was a software engineer, so I applied a couple of uh, design patterns um, that I used, I think it was C-sharp mainly. And then when I converted into a data engineer, that's when I got introduced to like uh, the data world in the sense of ETLing, the the ability to move data from source to destination. I think that's where, um, I think in that space and in that area, you get to see what data actually means, not just building a program that's supposed to have a certain function. So I think in that space, I, I was able to grow myself in understanding what the business really is about just by seeing what the data is. So I think for me, that's, that's the massive transition in the sense of I got introduced to IT in undergrad and studies through um, building uh, a solution or designing a solution through programming. and But now I'm now in the data space,
1: it's which is,
4: whole- I think, uh, yeah, they, they've they sort of re reevaluated the course after we left because they saw that data is now a commodity in, in, the, in the current space. Everybody's moving data, 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 data. So now they're incorporating more of uh, these uh, data wrangling platforms into the undergrad space.
0: I actually wasn't aware of that, and then now it. Oh, sorry. By the way, guys, um, Tenola is experiencing a network problem, so she will join us again now once she has actually fixed it, and then show the changes for you. Do you feel like it's a it's a completely new world when you studied, and now you actually experiencing this whole thing happening and everything in between do you feel that like it was a shock for you like yo it's different because i know with most courses what you do in school versus when you actually practice it's it's completely different so um the difference is expectation um, reality <laughs>
3: <laughs> um i'd say mine went the other way because i think uh because i think everyone else in here like said um Computer science at university, so you guys learned like the fundamentals of computers themselves and the way they communicate and the way you communicate with them. Whereas I learned specifically software engineering, you know. So for me, my first job was what I learned at the coding bootcamp, um, and I kind of feel like I kind of had to go the other way, where I had to learn the fundamentals as I did the job. You know, as you kind of come across problems, you have to. You then start to realize, oh, if I learn this fundamental, this helps me to solve this problem in this way um and that's kind of like the journey that i've taken you know every now and then i'm always reaching into new things i'm like oh there's this thing that i didn't learn at university i should have and i now need to learn it um and to do that there's been like plenty of online courses you can use there's like cs50 um which is available for free online so you can kind of use that to learn the fundamentals of what you need to understand um and also just to just to Jim Chip stack overflow is the best thing you ever use if you're the codec. It saves lives.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you. thank you so much for that. I think Senolo is back. She is back, yeah. Welcome back. Um what we were basically asking was that um the the transition for you, you know. Like it's one thing to do something um from school or to do it before knowing it to coming into a world where you actually practice it and to find that there are even greater worlds within the space that you thought was like really minute. So I know that you said that you studied, you were busy with eco and then then it became coding. So I'm actually very interested in your thoughts (laughs) because with you, it wasn't like just growing in, in an aspect that you already intended to follow, but more of a switch. So like right now, how would you say you've actually navigated that space? How, how has it been like, what have you learned that was completely like, I was you, you felt mind blown like expectation versus reality? So um, after Ecos, I actually did pursue a degree in computer science. I was
2: forced to, cause so I, okay, I was just coding learning from Stack Overflow and Udemy, and my mom was just like, no, nope, you need to get a degree. So while I was still creating, uh, I still had like a full-time job, but I still did the, the computer science read by university. It's very different uh, because what I do my, uh, my full-time job is nothing that I actually learn via um, computer science. Because with my degree, there isn't really much web development. Yeah, so in my workspace, it's web development, which isn't taught in a computer science degree. So that's all self-taught. So so I I was saying, even though it's tech, there's still like different variants of tech. Um, So with with school, you know, you really do learn like like the fundamentals of programming, which is like your C++ and Java, which I don't actually do for my day-to-day job. My day-to-day job is front-end development, which is JavaScript,
0: and that's all um, self-taught. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm extremely inspired. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys. You know, like, um, whenever it comes to, um, the black space, when it comes to science and tech, it's a very like, it's a sensitive issue. So basically, when you when you go into science and tech, and you actually do a great job at it, it's really um, it's still a shocker in society. Like people really just like get shocked, and I think that's part of why um still also with, with parents um, in older generations, they've always like pursued kids and then they'd be like, okay, science and mathematics, you know, so that you, I think they they saw it as um, a greater playground to have access to. So I wanted to understand in a world that still considers this space, yes, we do get um, Black individuals who are excelling. I mean, like you guys are here right now, but there's still that, that, that mindset that Science and tech is a wide space. So I wanted to understand how, when you got into this space and by the time you found footing in what you were doing or what you're doing, were you at any time feeling intimidated or were you more passionate about it? Or did you see that, you know what, I can actually do this or um, people are fearing nothing? Like, what were, your, what were your thoughts surrounding that? Because I know with a lot of people, they still have that mindset that the space that you guys are in is predominantly for different races as opposed to like black people. So I wanted to understand your feelings surrounding when you got into that experience and actually interacting with your space. Did you ever feel intimidated? Did you feel small? Did you feel great? What did you feel? And I see Brian's hand is up. So I'm going to take Brian first.
1: So in my experience, it was actually kind of like interesting When I went to my first job, what I got from my friends, so actually it was a referral, basically, I was the only black person there. So I was just like, oh, wow, okay, this is going to be a bit of an interesting situation. So I can just imagine, like, over the past couple of years, uh, yeah, gone to know those people and so on, right, and their habits, they love coffee, like, so much. I'm not really a coffee fan, but when you tell them you don't drink coffee, they're like, this doesn't really compute. How do you not drink coffee or coding? I'm like, guys, it's just a thing. Besides that, Yeah, in terms of the intimidation part, no, I didn't have any intimidation as such. It was just basically when Black Panther came out, they asked me, like, Brian, so how do you feel about Black Panther? Like, was it like, wait, like, oh, guys, no, just put your hands down. (laughs) Don't ask such questions. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) So it's just like some weird stuff, because obviously everyone's learning from each other. We're we're different cultures and different colors. So basically just asking, so, yeah, uh, what do you think about this? Like, "Mm hmm. Sounds a bit weird how you're asking it, but okay, cool, I'll throw you a bone. Nah, this is fine, and that. So yeah, that was my experience, basically, in the work life. Now, currently, it's a bit more diverse in terms of my team. There's a lot of, like, colored and white people there. So yeah, it's a bit of a mixture there.
0: All right, great stuff, great stuff. So when you were set in stone, you, you were just good with yourself. So you didn't feel any kind of nothing, like no intimidation, nothing whatsoever. It was just a new environment for you.
1: Yeah. So best thing what I did for myself was basically focus on my can I say strengths and weaknesses? Weaknesses because I was like, okay, cool. These guys can do this. How can I improve myself to actually be better at this? If it's a strength, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Use this strength so that when they actually need assistance, I'm like, hey, Brian, you've done this before. How do you do it? Like, ah, mentor moments. Then vice versa. Yeah. So nothing really intimidated me that much in terms of that. Maybe the one thing that did intimidate me was I had to do my first deployment to production. So that was like really scary because obviously deploy once, everyone's stuff goes down. I was like, (laughs) guys, are you sure about this? Like, man, come, just do it. Oh, okay, cool, did it. Likely everything went well. But the one thing I would say was kind of like funny, not really funny-ish, but it was slightly scary. So um, we're working for this one client and he kept on like calling a lot. So I was calling my manager because he's the one who handles the clients. So this one time he's like, Brian, I'm sorry, I'm throwing under the bus. like go, what's going on over here? I gave uh, this particular person your contact details. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Not knowing later on, around five o'clock, I get a call from the client. It's like, uh, Brian, I buy your computer. I'm like, no, I'm going home. It's uh, past work hours. You're like, oh dang it. Like I need you to do something now. I'm like, Okay. So this is what the guy threw me under. <laughs> that exposure was kind of like interesting and a bit intimidating because obviously the client was like really intense. But over time, obviously it got to soften up the client and all that. And interesting enough, at the end, I actually work with the client himself. <laughs> I'm actually at his company. So yeah.
0: My goodness. So right now you are stable. Like, all right. You are good. Now born, you're great.
1: Great. Only thing I just tell you guys is uh, the previous company was a startup. So obviously everything's like freely available. Access to people is also like quite quick in terms of corporate where I'm by now. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of red tapes, guys. Like you ask for something, you have to send a request here. It goes here, it comes back. Like, did you send a form? I'm like, oh my goodness, guys, I needed this like two days ago. Please come. So yeah, that's just a bit of red tape like at corporate wise.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. But many issues were not really like internalized. And I'm going to ask um, Daniel as well. Did you ever feel like, um, you know, what we call imposter syndrome sometimes? Like did you feel um intimidated at one point, or did you just like go in full force and you felt like I needed to be here right now? And this is my space. I'm going to own this space. I know what I'm doing. Or were other factors involved within your environment that kind of like um had an implication on how you saw yourself within that working space, despite knowing what your qualifications are?
4: I think you hit the nail on the head with regards to uh, other factors that would have sort of contributed to me sort of fitting in. I mean, I went to, when, when it comes to like, you know, race in terms of blacks and whites, I, I was engaging with them from, from, from quite a young age. I mean, I think I went to an African primary school and high school. And I think what made it much, much easier was that at our campus in Naval, uh, most of the people that were studying the course that I was studying were mostly black people because in the other campus, which was in Porch, there was more of the white people. So I think, so that sort of gave me that sort of pride and that confidence to say, okay, cool. it's meaning that I do belong. Um, and when I started working, I also, as uh, Brian has said, it was more of, Surrounded by by white people, I think the only person that was not white was our manager, who was Indian, but oh, well, they considered themselves I think white at, at certain points in time. But yeah, so I think for me it was not uh, I didn't feel like an alien uh, when I started working. I think it was like it was a smooth sail from from like getting into corporate, but also to say uh, to go back to what Brian mentioned in the sense of red tape. I think working for um, a company that's more of, you know, free-flowing, you have, you have easily access to other people, you can converse, nobody's sitting in their own silos, sitting in their own cubicles, minding their own business. I think that made it much easier for me. You have much more conversations. You get to understand people's backgrounds. Then it makes, once you understand people's backgrounds, you, you are more likely to have um, a free, like, workspace where everybody's, it's
0: feeling like, you know, they belong. Okay, so I understand.
4: That
0: was, that was me, yeah. yeah, yeah, I understand. But sometimes it's more of an environment than issues that surround you as a person. And show how did you take it in? Did you experience, like, any imposter syndrome once upon a time? Or when you just went in hard, you were like, you know what, I'm here, I'm going to do this. You know what, I know what I'm doing. Nobody's going to tell me anything. Or was it more of like, okay, let's see what, okay, okay, let me... Just, you know, just check this out first or I know what I'm doing, but I'm not sure if I know what I'm doing. Like, how, how, how did you take it? Um,
3: <laughs> I'd say, I don't know if it's like, it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect. Because I think I, when I went in, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I went in with a bit too much confidence and then it was like very quickly oh, I actually don't know much. <laughs> you learn that very quickly. And then you go back to the thing of self-learning of, you know, you have to always keep learning and keep improving. And that's kind of like the biggest part of it. So that was an early on uh, lesson that I had. Um, going back to, I think I also had the Black Panther experience as well, where it came out and someone asked me. And I was like, I don't know if they, they ever have that. Because <laughs> being in London, it's, you know, it's, it's predominantly a white country. And I've kind of always so I've been here for about twenty years now. And originally, I lived in like a more multicultural city, Luton, where there's a lot of black people. And then like moved into snowburns, where there was three black kids in my my year. And you know, uh, it just kind of feels like seeing less and less as I go. But you know, you always I think it's easy to say it always spot a few blacks the higher I go. So. I still see a few people here and there, and some some friends that I had from school. Those those three other black kids, you know, they're all doing well in their sectors as well, and we kind of keep connecting. Um, and it is in the tech space, it's quite interesting because, um, especially in London, uh, I remember I used to work with someone from South Africa, and I hadn't, t- I hadn't I hadn't taken it in, but we're talking about the makeup of the team, and we realized there was no English person in their team. Everyone was from different places. People were from India, they were from uh, Eastern Europe. Um, I, it was like, you know, it was like each country had a representative, which is quite interesting. So I think they're also all going through that same, same thought process, same perspective um, as it kind of moves across. And it's just, yeah, it's just a big mixing part of so people all trying to get things to work. Um, and also, yeah, that that large scale organization thing. I work predominantly in startups when I first got in. And then I joined a startup within a larger organization and still ran into those bureaucratic problems like we were getting in our own way felt a little bit at times. Uh, There was one time I almost had to fly to Scotland just to to answer a question. And I was like, this can be done over a an email. Like, you're going to fly me out just for that. So (laughs) it's a lot of red tape in big organizations. So I'm kind of back to the startup space now. And it's got its challenging as well, challenges as well, but it's quite interesting. And, you know, it's working towards solving those. It's less red tape, but you know, there's more interesting challenges, I feel. Yeah.
0: All right, all right. Now I am getting more of an idea of like now at the difference between startups and corporate. I'm gonna take your hand right now, Daniel. I'll just want um Tenolo to also just come into this very same question, you know, like um how. Her experience has been as well. Um, are you back now? You're back, right? Can you hear me. Yeah, yeah, can you hear you.
2: Um, so I got my job before I graduated. So I had a big imposter syndrome because I always had that fear. oh my gosh, what if I don't know enough? And what if they catch me out that I've been reading really too much like stack overflow? Um, so but if so then this one day, I actually helped a senior developer with about the bag. And I'm like, actually, I do I do know enough to be in this position, so I, I actually should be here. But for me, um, my experience with startups is I will never ever work for a startup again. I think they're very exploitive, very exploitive. And I had so many really conversations of you guys, you know, just believe in the dream. If you guys just stay for one more year, you guys will all be driving our Porsches, and they always underpay and overwork just saying the startups are very exploitive especially to have a talent yes. um, and they always drive you with like very silly things like you know like beers on Fridays and but like when you're trying to grow in your career that does not matter and I think I realized at that the point is that I wanted to at this point like you just get to a point where your career where you just you're here to learn and you don't really care about like how um, happy you uh, are in the environment and I just, I wasn't learning enough as much as I would have learned if I was in a corporate setting. So right now I'm in the process of migrating to a corporate setting with a bigger team with more
0: senior developers that I can actually learn from. All right, I understand. And you had more like greater, and I mean like our long-term our long term plans are not the same. And we go into yeah. like a space for different reasons, you know. Like it does not mean that just because I'm new here, I'm trying to spend five years here. No, I <laughs> to spend one year here you know and then i'm gonna take your well, thanks darling i'm gonna take daniel because he raised his hand so i wanted to actually understand what your interjection was i'm actually interested
3: no the
4: thing
0: is that
4: when you when you started the this, this like the train of the, the conversation and the question or you started with like a It's a white-dominated industry. And I think I wanted to sort of, I think I wanted to mention it, but I forgot to mention it when you asked me the question. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I forgot to mention this. So what I wanted to say is that if you go back to like uh, the the, the late 90s, the early 2000s, right? Back then, you find that a lot of, um, let's say, black people didn't have access to like computers. And mostly white people were the ones that had computers. So it was easier for them to actually flow into IT. Whereas now in the current uh, times, you find a lot of kids nowadays, my son is only five, but he has a phone, knows how to operate the cell phone. So it's going to be easy for him to actually flow into that space. And that's also one of the reasons why you also find that there's less females in IT because, I mean, women were not sort of supposed to touch things like computers, right? It was more of like male dominated um, sort of equipment. So I think that's what made it much easy for white people to dominate and for male white people to actually dominate our industry.
0: That's really, really, very true. That is very that is that is actually extremely true at on, <laughs> on so many levels because like right now you even sit with three-year-olds. Okay, I've got like at home there's a cousin of mine. That guy uses an iPad way better than I can myself. And even earlier on today, I even told Peter, I was like, I am struggling with this iPhone. I've had it for a while because I'm not a tech person. I I that. Uh, like I'm not there. I mean, you find like three-year-olds like just going crazy. And which is also part of why I wanted to also understand from Tenolo's perspective, because already um, she's one black and two female. And like you said, like in terms of us touching gadgets and doing all of that those things in between back then it was not the case but right now i think it's more of a of a thing of phasing in. hence i wanted to know um how her experience was and how she said differently to to you guys like some of you said that you enjoy startups and she immediately said that i don't want to start up because i feel exploited um so i'm gonna take tenelo's hand Pe- peter wants to ask something so after after um Tanelo interjects, and then I'm just going to um, let Peter also ask a question quickly. Hey, Tanelo. Can you hear me? I think she um, froze. I think she
5: froze.
0: Yeah, I think she froze. Uh,
5: I, think, I think you're back now. You're back.
2: Okay. Um, okay. I was just
5: saying,
2: just adding on to Daniel's point, is that the reason why there's a the lack of a well, few Black people... Isn't because there's lack of black like, talent. It's because the so, the so white people have just had like a a start ahead, and just to also add on to why well, there's also less black women. To also add on to Daniel's point is that girls aren't encouraged to like science. You know, aren't encouraged to break things and you because know, like um, if you look at toys that boys usually play with, and games and cars and those it's your brains. of things, not dog drinking. I think that's why my dad encouraged. That's why my dad encouraged me to not only like early toys. He was the one who was buying me scientific toys, was buying me stethoscopes and computers. So I feel like that influence is like a big reason why I'm in tech. Whereas for most girls, they play with dolls, they drink tea. That does not stimulate your brain to like, like problem solve. But I think it really does start from like the early years of what you actually
0: influence your kids to like, I feel you so much, and I'm so I'm really just grateful for for your dad's life as well for doing that because it's not every day where you get parents who who really do encourage that because if you're not playing with a doll as a hand in what are you you are a tomboy or maybe you're not a girl or there's there's just a lot so it's really so impressive that your dad was so progressive in that sense and it it really does show because if someone. Who's not even slow paced in the in the in the tech department that you and you really fast paced and I can hear from what you're saying and your vision for yourself even within the the line of work that you're doing you know, which is really great. And Peter wanted to say something. So Peter, yeah,
5: um, I think you guys have shown a lot of insight around how it is navigating the space. But I think I want to go to a very juicy question, and it's also you know a lot of people say tech. You know, you when you always hear about tech, you look at the big guys, Elon Musk. Bill Gates, um, Steve Jobs, Wozniak, and you start thinking you got this money in tech, you know, and each time you think someone is, I'm working as a developer programmer, start thinking these guys are some nerdy guy who drives a Ferrari and lives in Silicon Valley. So my question is, job opportunities and in terms of tech, you know, how does one navigate um, mobility upwards in terms of their career? Because obviously, you know, firstly, there's the misconception that sometimes, you know, people think, you know, it's either from zero to nothing to being a Bill Gates, or it's a case of, you know, you know, it's just tough like any other career. So I'm just trying to understand exactly does the per- career progression look like for someone in tech? You know, typically, how does, especially in your individual space, like, how is your career projection look like? Especially if you were to ask someone or someone is to ask you, who's just starting off their career? What would you say to them? Like, how does the career pro- progression look like in, in your space? Um, I think we can start with show or let's start with Brian then we can go to show.
1: So just to answer in regards to that, I'd say career projection wise, obviously you have your goals set out already in advance. Like, okay, I want to do this. uh, I want to get to this certain point and then maybe like a year or two. But in terms of like what actually motivates you to get to that particular position, it depends on you. I'm not really like money orientated, so I rather go for opportunities. So if you can give me opportunities or exposure to different texts, that's actually something that I like. Like again, going back to what I was talking about, where this is designing, creating a reporting system, right? So for my department, when like the learning space, so I had to actually now talk to the infrastructure space, which is the information system space, right? So now getting to talk to them, to see what exactly they do and so on, because whatever they've been doing, like the scrum meetings and so on, that's totally different from what we've been doing. So now I get to understand that. And that's actually part of the stuff that actually motivates me to be more, can I say, in tech itself, plus just going back just to finish off on the career projections. In terms of that, I would say like, it's a conversation that I have with my manager to say that I've actually enjoyed working with different departments, liaising on like ABC projects, right? So I would like to get more exposure on that. So it's on her as well to say like, cool, we won't like mind losing you maybe for like a week or so so you can actually go and attend something with the other departments. Because we're all a team at the end of the day. So it's actually helped each other out. But then I'll be like, oh, wait, we know that you have a person in your department who can actually do X, Y, Z. Can we actually get them for a bit? So it promotes the team as well in the end. So it's all about the networking, I can say, and just that thing of what exactly is it, what you love and what motivates you. If it's money, it's a different story. If it's just doing the work itself, then it's literally just exposure. What types of exposure do you want to have? What type of environment do you want to have? If you have that? Hundreds. Thanks, Brian. So, on your side, I mean, you are based in London,
5: and I would imagine, if, let's say, someone from South Africa was like, hey, "Look, um, I want to get into being a developer, soft software programmer, and I see you based in London. What would be my career opportunities look like if I was to migrate and or apply for jobs there?" From your perspective, how does your experience relate to that? Uh,
3: so, interestingly, so my my from my experience, my journey. Interestingly enough, started it actually in South Africa. I was in Johannesburg on holiday. I was, I was broke. I was visiting my brother and I was very broke, had no money, nothing. And I was broke and hungry. And I wrote down like a five-year plan based upon income. Um, so from there, what happened was I then came back and I was like, okay, I have my five-year plan. I read it once I'm on like on the flight back. And I landed, and the first thing I did was apply for this coding bootcamp, which, albeit being having no money, it was like eight thousand pounds, which is not an easy amount to come by. So I had to really bet on myself, taking out a, basically a ten grand loan to get me through this coding bootcamp, which I thought maybe I could pay off after if I got my Korean career, my career and tech got got started off. Um, so it's kind of like um coming from that hunger it's kind of like that energy to really pay that off and just having nothing to having something and you mix it at that in with energy of creating things as well the fun of creating things really became like like deep within me you know i i like creating solutions that people use i like i i'm an audience-based person um coming from music background as well so when i left the coding boot camp um it helped me find my first job and, um, in, tech, in the tech space, which is in advertising delivery. This is something that i had never actually seen before. You know, all those annoying ads you see on TV, we were in charge of delivering those to, to you. Um, so that's something I'd never really experienced before. That's an industry I didn't even know existed. And they needed technical people, which is interesting to see. And I was like, cool, let me see if I can help out. I don't know much about it. I don't watch ads. I skip ads all the time, but see what happens. And then in that first job, It was where I started seeing, you know, people, how people move around. So what Tanolo said about like startups, it can be true. You do have some really exploitative startups and some that, you know, like those 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 messages are always being spread about, you know, you kind of have to watch out for drinking the Kool-Aid. You'll be told, yeah, you make it very, very soon. It's like, really? Okay, cool. Uh, We'll see about that. But I always had like that aspiration to say, I I need to be doing this. I have my plan. I need to be getting to this stage. I need to be getting to this stage. And having that better upon myself was always kept me guided. Um, And then in that job, it was quite interesting because although startups do have those problems, you also have the other other opportunities as well, where um, like someone who'd graduated off the same coding bootcamp a year before me was also there and she had become a tech lead within a year. And she was, she was very good. I mean, to be fair, like, you know, we still keep in contact with to this day and she's still, she's probably one of the best coders that I know. And she's also a good leader and those skills kind of grew up with her. And she's got that self-learning self-belief. So, it, so kind of like, I mean, at that point when she became a leader, I was like, in the next year I have to cover lead. That was not going to happen. But um, you know, I, I spent my time, you know, at every opportunity, if I, if I, I was very, very, um, Energetic to pick up projects, to do things, to learn things, and you know, slowly built up. Uh, and you know, the opportunity came to me in that space um, later on in my career when I joined the company and the lead developer left. So I was the uh, I was the only one who could step into those shoes, and I had to be and I had to learn and be on be on the be on the ball about it. But I stepped in and I did what I could, and I was always learning. You know, I'd humbled myself in my career beginnings. Earlier I said I, I walked in thinking I knew everything and then I, you know, got humbled very, very quickly. Uh, so I was kind of took the opportunity and like put my basically everything into it. And that that's put me finally in that lead role that I always wanted those years back. But now I'm now looking at the bigger guys. You guys mentioned the Musk's, the Wozniaks, those guys. And I'm like, okay, cool. How do I get myself from here to there now? How do I do something that really puts me on the map? And that's where I'm, that's what I'm currently trying to figure out. But yeah, I mean, it's just the opportunities come, you just have to take them and kind of give it all, give it your all and really bet on yourself. If you think you can bet on yourself, you think you can do it, you can probably do it.
5: Yeah, that's that's true. No, I really appreciate that. I think also getting insight from a global perspective, um, you know, it's part of why I think it's great to have people from different cities, different jobs, um, front-end back-end unicorns fairy tale people like brian um who, who work in different spaces and just getting the kind of diversity in in the space um maybe to sonolo to because obviously we're speaking about career opportunities um how does especially you know when you hear the different languages out there there's there's java there's python i heard about sql there's so many different types of languages and I would assume one has to kind of try their best to kind of learn all these different languages and help them progress from the career. Or is that something necessary for one? Or is there a particular language one needs to kind of prioritise? From your view, what would you say to that? you just muted, sorry. You're still muted.
0: I think
2: um, your progress in tech is 100% up to you. and I think the great thing about tech is that you have access to the resources to grow in your career. And for me, I mean, it's also very important to understand what companies are looking for. Um, so when I was looking for a job, I knew that, OK, cool. So right now, companies are looking for hiring React developers. And I, had to, and I had to commit my time to learning React. And I used to literally go eight hours a day or even more until I reached that goal. So if you want something, you need to literally do research on it. So for now, um, I'm actually in the process of migrating because I need like a call. I have achieved the React goal. Now I need to know how do I get a job overseas? What what are they looking for overseas? And you do research. You connect with people who are living overseas. Okay, how did you get the job? They tell you, you have to learn this. You have to uh, do problems on lead code. And that's what I did. You commit your time, your hours to reaching that goal. So if you, so I would say the job market is wide, especially in tech where you can you, you can literally work anyway. Uh, for me, what I did was I literally connected people working from Facebook and Spotify living in London. And, they said, and I asked them, cool, I'm ready to leave South Africa. What do I have to do to get to that point? Because obviously the markets could be different. And they said, you have to learn this, you need code, by these textbooks, and you have to commit to doing those problems until you reach that goal. You literally never stop coding until you reach that goal, literally. Sheesh,
5: sheesh. Sounds very, very complex. I mean, I would assume this, I mean, because <clears throat> tech is so diverse, there's so much things you can do. Um, like you said, I would assume that it's about one understanding what exactly they want to see themselves as in the future. Uh, and I guess then this leads to me then, Daniel, from your side, I mean, you work not necessarily for a tech company, you work for an insurance company. And I guess now in terms of like your side, what would you say from a career progression point of view would one have to take from what you'd have to advise someone who's just started off? Yeah, I
4: think uh, what Sinula has mentioned in the sense of uh, understanding what what the market really wants. I think... Also aligning it with what your passion really lies in. I mean, if you talk about tech, I mean, there's tech in the sense of electronics, there's tech in a sense of uh, manufacturing or um, in, uh, industrial stuff, and there's also tech in a sense of software. I think most of us are tech in the sense of software, so it's also good to understand which direction you want to go into. And in the tech sense of software, you must understand that the powerhouse of uh, the leading Guys that are coming up with new softwares that we are currently using. Everybody's using, like your your Zoom that we are using to communicate with people that are not even right next to us. I mean, they're all coming from the the, the likes of USA. So you know that if you go to if you want to like progress yourself in the sense of being a lead um, software developer. I mean, I think the 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 country United States will probably provide you with those skills. Um, and if you want to be, like, the lead developer in a sense of electronics, you know that the likes of your Japan, your China, they are leading in that regard. And if you go to, like, uh, engineering, you know the likes of your Germany and all that. Uh, they lead in that sense. Uh, but for me, in my, like, uh, career in terms of pro- projecting into where I wanted to go, I mean, we all know that cloud is now the the it uh, thing that's going all around. So I think that's what I'm pushing myself into. So I'm converting to becoming a a solutions architect in the cloud space. And that's what I'm saying, If something could be hot today, could not be hot tomorrow. I mean, when I was in varsity, C Sharp was sort of like uh, the if thing, the new up- upcoming thing. So that's why we all had to learn C Sharp. But now Python seems like the the new world order. Everybody seems to be converting to what's Python. So I think you always need to find out what's, what's new, what's hip and happening and then try to better your skills in that. Direction.
5: Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, she you guys have so many terms. And, you know, um, as soon as you say Python, I'm like, is it yoga? You know, it's just all these. Different <laughs> it's
0: the same. Terms. I'm just of, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, yoga.
5: <laughs> but now nah, I, I think the cool thing about tech is that there's so many terms, uh things that you can do with it, in terms of the languages. I mean, uh, Brian works in a different space, he works in the FMCG space for a fashion brand. Uh, Shaw works in a different space. Sonola works in a different space. Daniel works in the insurance company. So it's like there's so many opportunities. I don't necessarily have to center around, you know, being in, working in a Facebook or working in a Spotify. So yeah, I, I just find that very important. I think that's the importance of having people like you on to kind of show that look. If you want to get a job in tech, you don't have to necessarily work for a consulting firm that does, you know, software development for a bank or something. But, yeah, Bali, back to you. Sorry.
0: All right. Um well guys, I'm still learning it. Like, okay, back to that whole snake thing. I swear I thought I was the only person you I was just like, yo, 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 you a snake. <laughs> you know. But jargon, I really do understand that it exists in different industries, so that makes sense. So now I'm thinking of um in this case, like Tenolole, uh show as well, right? So I am naturally like a, a very concerned citizen and I love I love my country, Um, even if you are there by the United Kingdom and stuff like that. But I still I love I love my country with everything in me. So I do on most occasions, I have questions um, surrounding brain drain, you know, and I do worry like in the case that like the times in which we're moving and tickets, it's so quick. I mean, there's apps every day. There's so many changes on it, like in every split second, there's. No, yeah, and nah, the car will be parking itself now. That time I'm done with my license. There's just like a lot of things that are happening, at, like too many times. So now, let's say Tenolo says that um she wants to move to another country or to um another another place that is completely far from like Africa per se. And then there's already you who's not here with us which pretty sucks but it's okay it's okay i understand we all have dreams we want to do different things it's fine it's fine i accept it <laughs> but um do you think is is it the case more of a passion-based thing or um our country not doing enough for people in the tech space for them like in terms of opportunities to feel fulfilled in terms of those opportunities that are offered to you guys because it's not nice for you guys to leave, I must say, but that's my stance. However, do you feel fulfilled in terms of how you are treated in the tech space as individuals who are within that space? So anyone can go first.
3: I can go first, if that's okay. <laughs> uh funny enough, just before just before you had brought that question along, I was thinking like, yeah, no, I was actually gonna say like, tech is good, like, you know, like learning software and coding is good because it kind of allows you to move all over the world. Like here, there's, I've had teammates that were on a work piece and it's quite easy to get a work piece in a big organization here. I have a few people who've done it and, you know, uh, quite a few teams are looking as well. But now you mentioned the brain aspect of it. <laughs> that changes the dimension a little bit. Um, I think for me, it's, 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 it's fulfilling in terms of, I get to understand the way things work in different parts of the world. And in my mind, so I was very removed. I I, I left 20 years ago, like, you know, that's been a quite a while and it's been far removed. But then like, as I've started working within like this, the tech space, it's become a little bit more interesting because I'm seeing how things work in different cultures and different parts of the world. You know, you talk to people from USA to, Uh, India to China, everywhere. And you kind of get like a lot of different insights. And I think in the end, for me personally, I started like visiting home a lot more because I'm now starting to think about these ideas and like bring them back home and say, what if we do this? I've seen this happening here. What if we do this? And bringing those ideas back is quite interesting. And it's having that experience from different places also like opened up a lot of doors back home uh, whenever I fly back, I get interesting meetings I never thought I would have. You know, sometimes I just mention, "Hey, I do this," and then I end up sitting with someone I never thought I'd be sitting across from. Um, so it's fulfilling in terms of that, and also being able to move around the world, I think, is a freedom we shouldn't um, we shouldn't take for granted. It's I think this this is like it's still really relatively new, you know, being able to move all over the world and emigrate so quickly to different parts of the world. And I think we should make the best use of that. It's like, we can't just hone in on ourselves and be like, this is who we are. We can't forget who we are, or we can't be like, oh no, we're we just we're just gonna do the things that we do at home, because that's how we've always done it. And everyone else will beat us to this, the this, this technological race, you know? Um, it's the same thing as you know they took us over with gunboats because we didn't have guns because we didn't play like that. And then they made us fight ourselves by giving us guns and it was technology we we do need to catch up and we we, we should use the experience that they have for our advantages as well as learning. That's what I think of it. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. You're making so much sense and yeah, I understand your your reason for being that sad as well. Like it's 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 actually a brighter light. And it is also great that yes, whenever you leave, when you come back, you're actually more excited about the implementation of those things within the site as well. I mean, like we're all trying to move. And I would like to also ask um if she's back. Yes. She said you you mentioned that you want to migrate, right? Um at some point. And I want to understand. Um, also, the reasons behind you wanting to move—is it—is it more of a thing of um, you doing something in line with what Show is doing, or do you want do you want to migrate because you feel maybe um, your your space of work is unseen or it's not given too many opportunities? What What is the reason behind you being confident in in the migration space?
2: Um, I mean, there are. Good opportunities in, in South Africa, but for me, I think the opportunities are better because they are ahead, so there's more to learn. Um, I was saying, yeah, I was, I was gonna go learn the skills. Um, because I'm still in my 20s, I'm at a point where right now I just want career development. I'm, I don't care about being like about the country, I don't care about that at the end of the day. I still need to be selfish and look at what I want for myself, but I think, um, you know your Europe and your America is ahead. I don't know the tech industry. I feel like I would learn a lot a lot more. And if I were to come back, I'll be able to implement whatever the skills that I've learned to, you know, back into wherever I'll be working. But I'm not sure how I'm going to come back though. So,
5: no,
0: sis, you're not going to. No, no, you better come back. No, oh, yeah, it's not safe. <laughs> so but I understand if you do not come back I think you I actually know that you're still going to be such a great beacon of change wherever you go based on what you've been saying and in the way like the energy that you give off, forces so and I love what you said about being selfish with yourself and I mean like take changes anytime I mean like tomorrow maybe Elon Musk might, might come back to the side and then you might come back to the side too I mean who knows <laughs> but it's okay and I want I wanted to ask Brian and Daniel if like with with everything that is happening in your space, do you feel represented in terms of opportunities? Um, Do you feel that um, the country needs to do more for you? Do you feel the need to move? Do you want to move? Would you like to stay? Anything in line with that?
1: I'll go first. Um, so in terms of opportunities, I would say like you won't always get the opportunities. It always depends technically on your manager. As I said before, like my current department is like a learning space, right? So obviously they're more catered towards that. So if I go like, okay, I wanna get like uh, this particular course, what's more in depth into tech, they'll be like, mm-hmm. yeah, but don't you wanna like do something that's more on the LMS side? So LMS just meaning like learning management systems. So More or less, in terms of that, in type of environments such as stuff like Ubik or TFG Learn, stuff like that. So, i would be like, mm, okay, cool. So, I don't really have that much representation in that regards. but beyond that, country wise, I'll say we do have opportunities. Uh, yeah, it's been a while back, but the time when I was actually like looking for tech jobs, I saw like those different places where they say like they do like remote work, or every Mondays you come to the office around seven at night, they actually have like a Teleconference, basically, with someone maybe from China and so on. So, like, oh, okay, cool. So, the networking part of it is there. So, we do have yeah. that. Aspect. In terms of what everyone else was saying about like going overseas or staying overseas, I think the enticing part about that is like the companies like Google and so on. You always hear these big names like these guys are doing this, they're pushing this and that. Think of it like you might not know this, but there's a framework called Angular, right? So Angular was made by Google. So that's one of the stuff that's being used to actually make like websites and so on. It's so actually quite cool. It's one of the texts I'm actually using myself. So when you think about it, you're like, hmm, Google made this and it's this quite cool. And they have this like nice company vibe culture where they say you can actually sleep for 15 minutes, they have a pod, like a little sleeping thing. I'm like, huh, okay, that's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> So, yeah, it's all those enticements and stuff. I just go like, "Mm, I might go there, but, yeah. For now, I'd say, like, I'm grounded here. But, yeah, who knows? Maybe in the future, I might see myself going overseas and also exploring new avenues.
0: All right. That's it, Brian. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. But, yeah, if the time comes and you feel the the need to move and do it and flourish and be great at what you do, and then – One last person is Daniel. And then after Daniel, we're going to take one last question because it's a Saturday and I strongly believe that all of us have things to do. (laughs) So Daniel, your stance, do you feel seen in the industry or by the industry? Do you see yourself moving? Um, Everything else in between that?
4: Well, in a sense of moving, I think it's a a bit of a, it's it's more of like a touchwood type of Uh, situation that I find myself in because I feel like what uh, COVID has opened is a sense of the ability to do remote work and earn in different currencies while you're still in South Africa. So I think that for me was like, okay, cool, at least we're not just literally uh, secluded to be working for South African uh, companies. We can literally work for Google while you're still in South Africa, Um, even though you're not going to be able to get the um, the, the work environment feel. But they do fly you from time to time to, to that side just to get a feel of what uh, what what it is like to be in their offices. So I think if, if that's it's an option for me, I think I'll definitely take it, not just necessarily go and move and stay in a different country. Because, I mean, we have families this side. And we have everybody. We build a massive life this side. So it's not just going to be like an easy thing to just move to a different country. I mean, there's a guy that I was working with he recently just moved to Amsterdam and everything literally just changed. I just saw his WhatsApp number change to some other country code. I'm like, <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that that changes. And that's that's also why I'm very skeptical in the sense of moving. But I'm, I am willing to actually earn in different countries and also get the ability to fly in and out. As show has mentioned, the ability to fly all across the world, not just be physically based in one country and just literally stay there for the rest of your your time, there, maybe for five, 10 years, but the ability to say, okay, because cool, I'm working with a, a client sitting in the United States, let me go to the United States offices. Or oh, I wanna now work for a company in the UK, let me go um, work for a company in the UK and fly there, or maybe still work for that company in South Africa. So I think that, that, that uh, option, I think for me, is actually kind of cool to work remotely and still be able to fly to the countries if you want to.
0: All right, I feel so. In essence, you, you're open to to discovering things, to exploring things, but still maintaining stability. If I'm making sense, very, very. all right. Okay, now that we've explored, thanks, Brian. I mean, thanks, Daniel. Now that we've explored like everything and I what the technicalities, I know that there are like ups and downs when it comes to any working space, any working environment, and any chosen career, but. From my side, I would like to know, like, ever since you started in the tech space, what would you say is, like, the best project that you've ever encountered, like, ever since you started? Like, all of you, one by one, like, when you, when you actually remember, you're like, oh, my goodness, yes. I'm, I was happy with this one, you know. I was happy. I was definitely happy with this one. So this one is open-ended. And whoever wants to go first can go first. And if you don't want to go first, I am going to pick someone in three into. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> okay,
1: so project-wise, I'll have to start with the first job I ever had, actually. So I was working at a company called Future Media Group, a startup, and they have a system called PubUp. So PubUp basically creates like for publishing and learning content. So that was one of the best systems ever like kind of worked on. Reason being is, obviously, I was in the publication side of things. So talking like the SPA International, sometimes with like the Box and so on, just to make like their magazines and stuff. So got that type of exposure. Got to actually exceed like the systems, the front and the back end, which is the unicorn terminology that I used before. So that was actually quite cool. Then got to the learning aspect of it. The learning aspect of it was a totally different ballgame. Obviously from going from pages, it's going like, oh no, just your subscription pages, your about us page and so on, to an actual learning journey. So that was also kind of like something that was quite cool. Uh, Yeah, so I'd say working on that. And one other thing was, so as part of the learning journey for that, I actually also had to make an application. So the mobile application was actually quite a cool thing. Since no one else in my team was doing that, basically it was me and my ace. So it was kind of very, not actually kind of, but very extremely hard at times. But then at the end of it, I actually got like, fulfillment you know like when you're satisfied guys my app is working download your content guys it works so yeah that's (laughs) one of the cool
0: projects (laughs) (laughs) thanks brian and i can see that you're actually very you're still jolly about it so that's really good that means you really enjoyed it and let's take show show
3: uh for for me my best of my favorite project um I like to take the artist's view Of My favorite project is always the current project I'm working on. I, I'm always excited about, you know, what it is we're doing. So currently this, um, sustain, this uh, sustainability, this environmental company that I'm working with, uh, we actually building like a solution for people to be able to do their carbon offsetting. And, you know, that's something that's some good for the world. And it's working to, you know, I, I'm working in this tech for good space. Let me give a to my thoughts. I'm working with this tick for good space, and it's something that, like, you know, it feels enriching at the end of the day. I've worked in mostly luxury companies before, you know, where there was property management, advertising delivery, you know, those are all quite luxury products. And working in this new one, it's actually helping people and, you know, it's building a better tomorrow. So I quite like it. It's got its challenges and, um, you know, there's all sorts of things that are happening in the space, you know, nothing's ever quite as specific as you'd like it to be, especially if you're working in tech, like in software, you wanted to know, is it a one or a zero, but it's never quite like that. It's always a gray area, but you know, it's quite interesting to solve those challenges right now.
0: All right. So, so you're basically passionate about new beginnings. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's really good. Optimists of the future. I wish I was like that. I'm a pessimist. Uh, I feel. <laughs> if <laughs> you ask lot- any of
3: my friends, I'm a pessimist <laughs> as well, so I don't know how you got
0: <laughs> uh, said hello. And then Zidolo, Han, what's the best project you've been like? Yeah, yeah. So it happened to be the most challenging
2: uh, because that meant that I had to learn a lot. Um, so we built a banking app, well, a banking solution for one of the big banks in South Africa. And we had to uh, incorporate, I don't know if you guys use Yogli. If everyone here use Yogli. It's like a, basically it's what the, all the banks use to get data from financial data.
0: Quite frankly, when you say Yogli,
2: I'm hearing Python again. Yo. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Yogli is the risk API that banks use to quickly, yeah. uh, get financial data. And it's very hard. Like it's very hard um, so to me, as much as it was chaotic, I also learned a lot as well, and that's why um, I also learned a lot. So to me, um, because of what I learned out of it, it was my yeah my, my my best project. So the the output that I got out of it. So even though it was challenging, the skills that I learned from that that I can now use in future projects.
5: And just a quick question: Are you are you still working on that project, or is that something that's already done?
2: And sleeps. I actually have to go back to work after this
5: meeting.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> and then last but he's very ambitious, I can tell. Last but not least, Daniel.
4: Okay, cool. So, yeah. on my side, is not really more of like a, a project. I think it was uh, the, the department that I was working for. It was, called, it was called an MES team, which is manufacturing education system. So basically what we did was trying to do a process optimization between uh, the, like to incorporate supply chain and uh, it's like the whole process from when a farmer comes in to when a farmer gets the final fertilizer product. So I think the entire process was actually kind of cool, implementing different softwares from the power monitors that are monitoring as the, the production is being made how to start the batch, how to end the batch, how to order, how to check uh, the the truck, how much the truck weighs, the different axle wheels and all that. I think that was very uh, kind of interesting in a a sense of understanding the whole thing. I can take you guys through it in a a, a quick 10 seconds. So basically what happens is that uh, in, in fertilizer, there is a farmer who has a massive farm and what they need to do is to take soil samples, bring them to uh, a company called Omnia. Omnia does soil lab testing on those uh, soil samples. From those soil samples, they then decide what type of fertilizer does the farmer need to buy. The farmer says, I need five, 50 tons. 50 tons get sent to supply chain. Supply chain so does a, uh, an order of the bags and all of the raw materials. The raw materials then get used to build the product the product then gets loaded into a truck and gets shipped off to a farmer. So that entire process was actually kind of cool to actually understand it in that, in that sense. And all the different systems that I actually used to make everything come alive and report it to an ERP system, which is, um in your, okay, can I use acronyms? <laughs> ERP system is like an enterprise
0: resource <laughs> planning.
4: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So it's like an enterprise resource planning so that the, the entire company is able to see what they have uh, in stock what they've, they've took taken out how much they need to do in terms of uh, how much they need to price their um items and all of that so so that's be, that was the, the nice um i would say project but it was more of like the entire department was working on on that
0: were you were you that's really that's really great were you in love with the complexities of everything or were you happy with the fact that you weren't a way that you could handle so many different things at once? What was it? I think,
4: was was, this? I think a, bit, a bit of both or actually both, to tell you the, the honest truth. I mean, I think understanding how complex something as small as fertilizer really is. I mean, you just see a packet of chips that you buy at a store and you don't know what actually goes on behind actually producing that packet of chips. So I think getting to understand the entire manufacturing process was actually kind of cool. And I think also in interacting with the the business side of it in the sense of uh, the ERP system, that was actually kind of awesome as well. All
0: oh, right, That's great. You know, guys, I'm going to ask you one last question, but it's very, 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 very short. Are you guys happy? Like, are you happy in this space? Are you, are you happy? Teno, are you happy? Let's start with Teno.
2: Uh, yes. So one thing about tech or programming, rather, let me not use the broad term tech, is that you need to go into it with a lot of passion because you are going to sacrifice a lot of your time. So if you're unwilling on coding on a public holiday on a weekend, then you shouldn't do it. So the fact that I can do that and still have a smile on my face. One hundred percent proves that I'm happy, and I feel like it's 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 my calling because I've tried aviation, I've tried finance, I'm mean finance, and I was miserable. So I feel like tech is where I should be, and I get to like because I also paint as well. So I feel like with front end, I get to explore both my creative side and my technical side as well. So I'm very happy,
0: and I'm very happy for you because you said after this I'm going to work, but you didn't even sound miserable. Like after this I'm going to work. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm going to work. Can this end? (laughs) And sure, are you happy?
3: Yeah, I am happy. I'm in London and it's not great for once. Uh, So I'm very happy. I like the space. I like to move around and I like the things that I'm learning and doing and it's a fulfilling life. It's good.
0: All right. I'm glad. I'm also very happy for you, Brian.
1: Yeah, I'm happy. Only thing I would just say is, again, with the startups versus like corporates, always like a bit of a change so that corporate aspect of it's just a bit irritating here and there but beyond that when everything actually works it works and you're like oh cool guys we can actually get things done so I'm actually very happy
0: I'm very glad I'm very happy for you oops I picked something wrong okay Daniel yes Daniel I'm very
4: I'm very happy I'm very happy with where I am and I think the, the team that I actually found myself in, is it's, it's, a, it's a corporate company, like but it's insurance, it's meaning that our team is actually sort of similar to a startup in a bigger scheme of things. So uh, I think I'm happy in a sense of the ability to self-teach myself a few things. If the company needs it, I'll self-teach myself and then be able to produce a, a final product. I do I do have a like a yes or no questions to the guys that are there. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask Peter if I can actually ask. Can I can I
5: ask it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, a,
4: it's, a, it's a yes or no question, right? Because it's a yes or no question from from the panel, especially show Tenolo and Brian. If you guys can give me a yes or no. So I heard a rumor, right? Saying that, okay, this is very controversial, so don't don't shoot me. This is just a rumor that I heard. <laughs> so this rumor is that uh when, when young professionals are coming in right from varsity or getting into the market, right, what happens is that they say females that are not married and don't have kids are mostly more paid than the, the male, their male counterparts, just because of the fact that they know that at the latest stage, when the female decides to actually have a family and be, be married, they cannot uh, produce at the same rate as uh, a, a guy. Is that true? Have you guys Did you get about this question?
5: That? Did you get this question? Black Twitter.
4: <laughs> no. I heard from I heard from a guy that actually works at this other software consulting company called Retro Rabbit. It's actually based here in Joburg. He said that, but he said he found it from somewhere, but not really at his company. But uh, I wanted to find out: is it is it true, or is it just a South African thing, or is it a global thing? Because I, I it blew my mind, right? I was like, okay, I need to find out if this, this is actually going on like in the background.
1: I can try and comment on that. I have no idea about that particular question as such, but all I can say is like majority of the ladies have ever like been with, like in terms of like vastity and so on, have all gone to management positions. So code-wise, I wouldn't say like it's because at a certain age you're gonna be busy with family and so on. Because in my own teammates, they also have their own families and so on. So even their efficiency rate went from guys. I'm almost available to guys. I to just put the baby down. I'll be back in like an hour, right? So <laughs> that's all I can say for this.
2: Yeah, I've I've also never heard that before. But um, even with the the situation where men get paid more than women, yes, it does happen uh, for sex and reasons. But I feel like also, especially in corporate, women are scared of negotiating their salaries. And that's why they get paid less, not because they are underskilled or I think uh, if, if women are accustomed, accustomed to negotiating their
0: salaries, they would get paid more. Have kids or kids.
3: Sure. Um, I, I I have seen some practices of women getting paid less and I think it did get stamped out, which is really, really good. And I think we're working towards a more progressive side of that. And I think also the future of uh, going forward, like I think you know, everyone wants to spend their time with their kids, unless you don't like your kids, you know. I think it should be both sides. So I don't, I don't think like if it if it does happen, I don't think it should be like um, um, it should be dis- disenfranchising in that way. So, but um, I think the same thing that uh, Brian said about women getting into leadership, lead, uh, management very quickly is actually you know it it, it happens, but. Maybe they have better skills and you know it's it's always someone who's really working hard. I mean, they have they've had to push a lot harder in this industry. So it's quite interesting to see.
5: Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that question comes from Black Twitter. Sorry, Diane. I'm Sorry. joking. Uh but now I think I think the beauty of of such a question, obviously, I think it's beautiful to see that at least there is progression in a space like tech, like even spaces like engineering. Um, yeah, and I think you know, seeing more women. And I think even just guys also kind of re-prior- reprioritization of like, you know, what you want out of your life and you know, also to mix up, have a family and just have a balance. So I think both genders and both um, aspects are important to these to see how you can balance both. So I think that was one of the other questions I wanted to ask about, you know, work-life balance. But I think because of time, we couldn't ask much about that. Even asking things like your views on blockchain data there's the whole drive you know all these different questions around that but i think because of time uh unfortunately we didn't have such luxury uh but yeah i think for the sake of time uh i think we've reached the end of our discussion i wish i could ask more questions um yeah mbali bali just got just left a few minutes ago but she's back now um yeah i think
0: <laughs> sorry side, about think- that guys so sorry no, it's
5: cool, it's cool. Um, so, yeah, I think we've had a very really informative dis- discussion. And I think one of the most beautiful things is kind of seeing the branches of tech, you know, because some people think tech is just, you know, the fancy, you know, Silicon Valley guy with uh, with Mr. Price shoes looking, you know, and dressed up like he went to uh, some dodgy shop and doesn't have fashion sense. But I think people in the space tend to also kind of see that there's so much variety of personalities it's not necessarily the introvert the nerd or the you know the stereotypical views around people in the space and i think all of you are testament of that and i think it's a beautiful thing um so sure please uh hook people up you know you know see show us how the world is that side um and equally from this side also i hope we can also create opportunity to dialogue and you guys can speak to each other around you know how things are going in your industries and how to kind of navigate and the obstacles that you guys typically face as a collective Uh, But from our side, I think I appreciate all the things you guys have said. Um, And from the other guests, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, could not join. Uh, This was another lady, Amandla. She fortunately had another priority to meet um, for work as well. So, yeah, but I think from my side, I think we've done a good job and I appreciate all the insight you guys have shared. And yeah, um, just in terms of editing. So just in case you see any technical glitch, this is where I'll be coming in and, you know, chopping, changing things. So, at least the audio and everything comes out perfect. But yeah, from our side, I don't know if Buddy has anything else to say. I really appreciate it and I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Buddy?
0: Um and from my side, I'm just yeah, I just wanna um send out a gratitude note. I've learned so much um beyond the Python and all of that, but like even in terms of how how I perceive tech and even like my belief, you know, I I strongly um, initially had found it difficult to understand that people could actually enjoy it because when it comes to science and tech it's always like a subject well where I grew up from it was a it, it was an area where most um, black people were forced to get into just to to get acclaimed as 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 a as a family or you know it, it was never like a choice and hence I asked if you're happy and based on how you guys even talk about it, you can, one can tell that you know what you're doing and it's not really a thing of being in a corner or feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so oppressed or suppressed or, and I love the fact that you guys are also growing so much in terms of like just navigating that space with so much confidence. It really just brought so much light to me and for that, I commend you. I'm, in, I'm truly inspired. Um, To be quite honest, I'm not easily inspired But with with you guys, I'm really like, oh my goodness, like this is so great, you know? And I hope this is not the last time it happens. And I hope also throughout your entire journey, you also help other people access the very same kind of happiness in spaces that they feel they can't exactly be happy in, you know, because of how society doesn't really acknowledge them in those spaces. And for that, thank you so much. And I wish you all the best for all the future. And I hope that we will have many more of these conversations. Thank you so much, guys, for inviting yourselves today. And I hope after this, you have wine, you have you know, spend time with family. And um, those are going to be working. Enjoy your work. And thank you so much, guys.